0: Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for a spirit of expectation coming upon each and every one of us right now. Lord, that we would raise our level of faith and hope. That, Lord, regardless of our present circumstance, our present difficulty, our present uh, state of mind, God, you have great things ahead for us this year. Lord, let's See it come to fruition. It's going to happen with faith and expectation. So we just, we honor you here today in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. So this is the second week in our series. I'm talking about expectation, the power of expectation. Um, And we need to understand, we need to understand something that God. Or excuse me, if I can say it this way, that if God is going to do something, he looks for people that have expectation. Amen? He does. You know, I'll give you an example. Back in 1987, and I can remember, it was actually April 1st, which was a Wednesday. So how do you know that? Because we were, I was in Bible school, and... Uh, April 1st is uh, they commemorate the death of the late Gordon Lindsay, so Mom Lindsay, Frieda Lindsay took over the Bible school, would have a day of prayer and fasting on April 1st, and so the students would pray and fast, and and kind of, we would worship, and so we had a worship service, and so after they cut us loose at noon, and we ate, some people ate, and some people had to go to work or whatever, and so I just went to the gym with my South African friend, his name was Colin, and he was part of the South African police force, and so we got connected and we lifted weights together. And, and so while we're driving in my uh, 1983 Mercury Grand Marquis, it was a boat, uh, to the gym, I know, and I had expectation in my heart, something good was going to happen. I just know that. I just, I felt pumped up. How many know what I mean? Spiritually speaking, I just was pumped. And I see a car on the medium off of, excuse me, off of the frontage road. The door was open, a driver's side, and there's a, there's a, uh, African-American man face down, flopping just on the conc- on the asphalt, and I didn't really think. I, I took the car before because that was the on-off pass, and I just missed it. Uh, I drove down the embankment. <laughs> I didn't even think, because I thought, oh, i got to pray for this man. And I drove down the embankment. I don't know how my car made it. And I pulled up, and I ran out to this guy. My friend ran out. And at that time, a group of people and cars started gathering around him. And he's, he's foaming at the mouth. He had a seizure. And it was a container for pills that was, he tried to open, and it was sprawled out everywhere, and he couldn't take his medication. And uh, he was in a, in, in a, in a seizure state. And it was was pretty grim. It was pretty scary. But I just remember at that moment, and I just went over to the man and laid my hands upon him. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak peace to you. And I don't know what else I said, but I just said a bunch of stuff about God and just declared over his life. And I said, be well. And moments later, as people were gathered around, at this time, there's about a dozen people. He just calmed down, and then he just Looked up at me and I lifted him up and I brought him over to the car and I said, how you doing? He goes, I'm fine. I just had a, I had a seizure and I couldn't take my medication in time and I couldn't stop the car and I, I, I'm Okay. What did you do? I said, Jesus just healed you. Jesus just brought you through. And his face was bloodied from his nose smacking the asphalt. And, and I remember my South African friend turning to the group of people and said, my Jesus just healed this man in his old Dutch accent. It's, he preached the gospel to them. And people received Christ. What am I trying to say? When we have expectation, God moves. So if we, have, if we don't have expectation, there's, there's something that will happen. So let me just, uh, and I'll talk about that, the power of expectation. The f- first thing I want to say is to expect, <clears throat> here we go, okay, to expect, I'm expecting this PowerPoint to work good today in Jesus' name. To expect is to look forward to something regarding it is very likely to happen. Are you expecting anything good? Well, you don't know the year of Ad Pastor. Man, it's tough. Have you, have you noticed you know, what's going on in the nation? I mean, how many know if you focus only on bad things, you're gonna be a pretty depressed person? I'm gonna talk about that, our associations, how they're important to hang around people that are encouraging. What does it mean? It means it means anticipation, anticipating, excuse me, the occurrence of the coming of something. And expectation has to do, watch this, with attitude. Somebody show attitude. Why is that? Because a bad attitude is contagious. Come on now. And and some of you have some friends that have bad attitudes. You may have a bad attitude. I know what it's like to have a bad attitude. I mean, everything is wrong. Everything is bad because nothing seems like it's working out. How many with me say amen? You know, I can remember a regret that I have. Um back and, and I don't spend my whole life thinking, you know, I regret this or right, that. I think about I was telling my wife the other day, I said I don't have a lot of regrets. I mean God has been good. How many know when you follow Jesus when you're young? <laughs> Amen? You know, he'll carry you through. It doesn't make I didn't make mistakes, and I'm not saying that. But I just don't, don't sit around walking, and I was like, oh, I just regret. Oh, I wish I, oh, I wish I. And some of you, you, you do that, and God wants to lift you out of that. But, but just showing you the power of a bad attitude, how it affected me. Um, I was in 1986 in the Marine Corps, and I was soon to get out. Now, those of you in the military, uh, you understand it's, it, there's an attitude that can get on. It's called short-timer. It's what they use. They show the military boots and a helmet. They just put them together. It's like, oh, you a short timer, and I, I, it's, it was classic the whole time I was in. Guys were in and they go, man, I got ninety days, you know. And you guys got to go out in the field, and yeah, you guys got to go do this, and I'm not. and I got just inside duty, and, and, and you know everyone did it. But it came time for you know them getting out. They got scared and they reenlisted. <laughs> This is a lot of them did because they were afraid of getting out and uh, not all, but you know some of them just just couldn't you know just couldn't face going out there. And I remember I started getting this short timer attitude and it just it just it came upon me and, and I just kind of bought into it and 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 I just I regret that. I was stationed in uh, Mount Fuji Camp Fuji, Japan, uh, just north of uh, uh, Okinawa mainland Japan. Yokohama Bay, just up there is the actual mountain, Mount Fuji. And so the Marine Corps had a, had a base there. And we stayed in Quonset Huts. It was the middle of the winter. And there was a corporal there also. He named, his name was Corporal Ronald Green. Very sharp, Afro, a dark green Marine. And, and we became friends. And, and he, was, uh, uh, he was a Christian, solid Christian. He loved the Lord. And so we hung together. And we kind of encouraged each other. But I was on my way out. I only had a few months left. And I just had a short-timer attitude. And, and he was promoted. We we're in time the same he was promoted quickly and from corporal to sergeant and, and I was still a corporal well I went to a corporal board won the sergeant board and they kind of dangled the sergeant like a carrot you know in front of the horse that if you sign up you'll be a sergeant because you won the sergeant board and I just had such a bad attitude I went in the battalion commander brought me in and he said you're an excellent marine and he was just showing all my meritorious promotions and and it's just, it, it, he said so many nice things about me. And I say, sir, three years was enough for me. I'm done. And, and I, just, I just didn't have a good attitude. I regret that. I regret that. And he said, okay, okay, dismissed. And, and, and I was out and I was sent home. Uh, I found out just a few years ago that that corporal is actually the sergeant major of the Marine Corps right now sergeant major ronald green i thought if i would have stayed in i could have and, and so you can know that the sergeant major of the marine corps is a solid christian you need to know that loves god and is a godly man so but but you know there are things we look at it, that when we had bad attitudes that can affect our life how many hear what i'm saying and so we got that's contagious it's contagious here's the thing an atmosphere without expectation will kill our dreams It kills our dreams. It destroys the hope that is within us. However, when there's an atmosphere of expectation, it is, watch this, conducive to supernatural and divine intervention in the affairs of our life. So let me just kind of continue from where we left off last week. Uh, We are talking about the power of expectation. And so here we have... From the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, 400 years of silence. Somebody say silence. I think some of the most difficult things that I struggle with at times when I'm going through is not necessarily the trouble or the problem, is the silence of God. Can I get an amen? How many of you know that he is in ever-present help in the time of need? He's there, but sometimes he is silent. And that's hard to wrestle with. How many with me this morning? It's like, where are you, God? Where are you? You know, he's there. But we don't sense his conscious felt presence. But he's still there. I want to encourage you this morning. He's still there. So, children of Israel, they had 400 years. And the Old Testament ends in the book of Malachi with silence. God refuses to speak. No prophetic words. No prophets. Nothing. And... You know, that's just something about God and time. God is outside of time. God doesn't have a watch. I wish he did. (laughs) Oh, this is the time that, you know, Mike has been praying for. Yeah, it's time. It's due season. He just knows. Amen. You know, are you a little late here, God? Couldn't you show up a little bit earlier? Come on, how me with me here this morning. Amen. And so, you know, God, he doesn't have a watch. And, and so some people uh, were wondering, is God angry? Do we do something wrong? I think of, of the great Christian apologist C.S. Lewis. He writes a, a book. He's been married to his, his wife for three years, and she got breast cancer, and she suffered and died. And he talks about how that that God's silence was so deafening. It was so, so he struggled, and he wrote a book about that, how he struggled through that and wondering, like, I have to go on and continue on here without my wife and the agony and the pain. So he addresses that. Well, when I think about the silence, I think about, you know, all of us have seasons and times that we go through that. And, and sometimes we don't stop and recognize and say, wait a minute. Seems like I'm in the wilderness right now. And you need to assess your situation and, re- come, you know, realign yourself and come back to true north to, to, to know that Christ is still with you. Can you say amen? So, For us, this could happen in different stages of our life. It's happened to me. Uh, Sometimes we sense God and he's so visible in our life. And other times he seems so invisible in our lives. But the scripture says he is ever present. He is ever present. And I want to encourage you with that. Um, We can't deny the fact that at times he would choose to watch from afar instead of being up close. In times of hardship, sometimes we just couldn't find God. And we look, where are you, God? Where are you? And once again, worse than the problem is the silence of God. The silence of God. And so what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say at this point? Those times where you feel, hear me, church, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Problem, situation. And you don't seem like God is involved in your life or he seems evident that he's doing something. At those times where God seems the most silent and invisible God may be silent. (laughs) He may seem invisible to you, but we should still have expectation because there's a spiritual principle tied to having an expectant heart, expectant heart. So we move 400 years ahead and we pick up the story in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 3, verse 15, where the Bible gives us a clue how the atmosphere that the Holy Spirit was looking For to be poured out was present. And the Bible says that John the Baptist was, uh, uh, he kind of came to the forefront. He was on the scene, John the Baptist. Luke chapter 3, verse 15. The scripture says that, and the people were in expectation. Can we read that together? Can we say it? And the people were in expectation expectation. The people were expecting something when John showed up. Something was happening. This guy's baptizing people in a river and thousands are coming out and something's happening. And, and so it, But it was an atmosphere, even for his birth that was supernaturally prophesied, that there's something that's going to happen. And so people were expecting. The Williams translation translates this verse that the people were on their Tiptoes in anticipation and expectation. In other words, they were eagerly listening. They had expectation. They were in suspense. Something's going to happen. That's why I played that song. That's the attitude and the posture we should have as the people of God as we move into this new year. Can you say amen? I remember uh, talking about being tiptoes in anticipation, and we did treatment foster care for six years, and we had close to 20 kids in and out of our house, and over that period of time, and I remember this one kid, I think he was anywhere from six to eight years old, and maybe his name was Matthew, and, and he, had, he had really thick glasses, and, and just a cute little kid, but his calves were huge. I'm like, this guy's got great calves. I mean, in bodybuilding, I mean, it's really. And I wondered why, but he always walked on his toes. He would come and talk, and he would be, you know, that's going to build your calves. And when we found out, through so the social worker was like, well, what is the situation? Why, why is he walking on his toes all the time? He said, well, we had to pull him out. His dad was an alcoholic, drunk, and would beat him every time he made noise. So he would get on his toes to try to be quiet. Isn't that sad? We just loved him. He said, you can walk regular. And I remember him stopping, and he put his feet down, and he started to walk. It was hard for him to walk. He just went. He couldn't walk. He just thought people would get mad at him. Isn't that sad? But God is good. Amen? And we loved on that kid, and God did a work in his life. So our God is all-powerful. But many times we limit him in his work in our lives when we refuse to believe in his ability and his victory. We limit God. Maybe part of the reason is we don't see more of God's intervention in our church, our life, and our personal lives today is that perhaps maybe we're not expecting Him to do anything. Say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Well, yes, we need God in a crisis. Isn't that right? When we feel like we're in a crisis a health crisis, a financial crisis, a relationship crisis and we cry out. I mean, it's amazing. We've had people that have called and crying on the phone years ago and uh, just, you know, good people, but, you know, don't attend church, not plugged in anywhere. Christians, but just not connected and and something bad, a relationship thing happens. Somebody leaves them and they're crying and the next week it's, I'm going to be in church next week, I promise, pastor. And then the relationship gets fixed or batched up and then next thing you know, you don't see them anymore. And so, so yeah, we, you know, we we cry out when we're desperate, and and you know we're in a crisis, and and so we, we expect God help me at this time. But you know how many know God is merciful, Amen, <laughs> and He's loving, and, and and He's forgiving, and His heart is towards us. <clears throat> but a lot of times we have the posture, hey, I'm I'm good. Just come to church, kind of, you know, see. See what this crazy Italian has to say on this Sunday. It's cold. Really got nothing else to do. And, you know, some people just can't, don't expect anything. Do you have expectation in your heart, church? Are you expecting God to do something, something great in your life? I believe that's conducive, and, and that is a catalyst for faith. Amen. So I believe God is calling us as a church to new levels of expectation. This year, like never before, 2018, we are to release Expectation for finances for a new building in Jesus' name. We are to expect God to move in our families with finances and relationship situations. Breakthroughs for families, friends, healings, miracles, salvations. Uh, When I talk about salvations, I mean here locally and globally. God has opened up nations, certain nations to us. You know, and I shared a word, and some of you still remember it, but some of you may, may not have heard it. But years ago, I felt, as we were in a time of prayer and fasting, that God would give us 2 million souls here at Harvest. So what do you mean? That because of this church and the church body and the people in this church, we would reach 2 million people. For the gospel. Now that, you know, we travel to Sri Lanka and we've seen thousands saved, but that's, a, that's impossible. It's crazy. He's crazy. You get a small community and you're crazy. There's not even 13,000 in the whole community, you know. What's the matter with you? You know, take the whole county, 30,000. You know, you're nuts. But God gave me that and I believe we can reach that. What that means, things need to change. And, and, and we need a you know, we had an opportunity to be on, I preached on national television in the nation of Sri Lanka. 20 million viewers that could see it, those who had TVs connected. And I preached the gospel message. And I said, How, What does it take? How much does it cost to be on the radio? And I said, No, we could do it free. We don't mind. Just send us your DVD. They send in the DVD of the video, and they said, Well, we enjoy it and we love the content, but we don't see any crowd. We don't see any people. And so, so you know, I'm competing with, uh, you know, some of the national speakers that are there. And I'm like, okay, so how many of you know that if we're going to reach these people, we have to put together something that, that people will receive? Amen? That's one of the reasons why I want to be in our new building. So we can, you know, we can have that and we can, we can be in nations. Japan has 1% Christian out of 130 million. We've been there three times preaching the gospel, and, and people you know, say that Japan is the graveyard for missionaries. You can't really? No, I believe that nation. I, our two million may be in Japan, that we could be on national television in Japan, preaching the gospel, holding crusades when we go there, teams being sent out from this church. How many with me say amen? amen. Why? What am I doing? I'm trying to raise the level of expectation. Our life is not just coming into church, sitting, looking in the back of somebody's head for the next 20 years. Till you die and I do your funeral. Amen? No, it's for us to get involved and do something. Give to something. You say, Pastor, my calling is not to go overseas or whatever like that, but, but I, I'm here to raise money and to put it into the church so the church may do it. That's expectation. That's expectation. Amen? I got off my notes, but anyhow, I'm believing God, raising the level. We need to activate our faith, and we need to have that tiptoe expectation this year, knowing that God can do the impossible. Some of you are not convinced of that. He still can. You know, just a couple of Bible examples to see how far I can get here. Maybe I'll just touch on One. But, but of, of characters in the Bible that these people stood in an anticipation, expectation. They were on their tiptoes. Uh, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. The Bible says in uh, verses 1 through 10, you can read it and not gonna, for the sake of time. It says, The lame man, he was in the temple. And here's the thing. He was 40 years old, and he was crippled or lame from birth. So he doesn't know why to have an accident, and I knew what it like to walk. From a baby when he came out, he was born crippled. And it says in Acts 4.22 that that he was 40-plus years, so he was at least 40. Just think of that. And they would pick him up every day, and they would put him outside the temple so he could beg alms for money for people going in, so he could have substance and he could have a living. Well, The Bible says that this man was lame from birth and and he was carried. His life revolved around sickness, day in and day out. But one day, somebody shall one day, day. things changed. Peter and John, not Jesus, Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 walk into the temple, the Bible says. And it says that they came at the hour of prayer. Hmm, what does it tell me? You know what? Our expectation increases when we pray. If we don't pray, we may not have expectation. It's connected. It says that they came in at the hour of prayer. And so God's power is linked to expectation and prayer and prayer. Uh, So the Bible tells us in verse 4 that Peter looked straight at this man as did John. I would imagine Jesus going into that temple, walked past that man as he begged. It didn't heal him.
1: But he was going
0: to do something through Peter and John just a few years later. And the Bible says that Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And then it says something interesting. He said, so the man gave them his attention, watch this, expecting to get something from them. Yeah, he was thinking, okay, maybe money, but he was, had expectation for something. How many of you know? you know, if you ever met somebody and they say, hey, you know what, and I, I've I I was thinking in, you know, I got something I just want to give you and I just want to bless you. All of a sudden inside you, well, no, that's all right, it's no problem. You know, no, I just really feel like as you walk around, you you just forget about it. No, you're thinking about that. Isn't that right? Wonder what they're gonna, you know, wonder what they you know, that was kind of them. And, and so this guy, I believe he had expectation. And the Bible says that they commanded him to walk in Jesus' name. I I want you to notice something aside now. they didn't pray for him. You know, it's important to pray. But they commanded. Now, they're not commanding of God, but what are they doing? They're enforcing the victory of Calvary. That's what they're doing. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Wow. And the Bible says that uh, he had expectation, and when he did that... Uh, he he got up and, and he, his body was strengthened and a healing took place and, and, and he, had, he released his faith and the power of God worked in unison with that man's faith and he got a life-changing one. Here's the thing, church. Are you expecting God to do something great this year in your life, in your family, in this church? We need to raise the level of expectation. Stand with me if you would, please. We've all heard this saying expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. That's what this lame man had. There was a miracle in the atmosphere. He expected, and God did something. You know, if you want something to happen in your life, you need to expect for that thing to happen. And I'll just give you an example. You know, when we travel, we go overseas, and I get excited about that because I know, I I just know God's going to move, and People are going to be hungry, and they're passionate. And this last trip we took to Sri Lanka, we were told that there's going to be youth coming out to a crusade. And, and I was talking to Pastor Heron, and I said, you, you sure you get that many kids together? And he goes, Pastor, we'll have over 2,000 kids at this youth conference. I went, okay, this is the northern part of the nation where you know, Christianity is really not penetrated. In. And so I said, all right, I'm going to believe and release my faith. Close to 2,500 youth showed up. Pack the place out. I mean, they don't have air conditioning. You have these big fans. and It was so hot in there because so many kids, teenagers, came to hear for the first time, many of them, who Jesus was in the gospel. Do you know that you are going to receive part of that blessing because you sent a team? You helped a team go. You're going to receive that. That's, the, that's a fact. That's true. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. Thank you God We had expectation for God to show up And he did Once again it's sad But there are people in the church That go to church and, and as the Bible says We fail to become as little children And we just go to church just to go to church We need to carry expectation in with us Kind of not ho-hum Well let's just see what's going to happen God's going to do something today I don't know what it is God's going to do something And sometimes people, they don't have this sense of expectation. No desire to see God manifest himself. Well, you know, I tried that one time. Well, you know, I was really excited that one time. And I got discouraged because of this disappointment. And I got discouraged because of that letdown. I prayed for healing for that person right there. And they didn't get healed. How many know that God didn't call us just to pray for someone. And then when they get healed, you could just continue to pray for others. We are to pray for someone and we need to trust the Lord with that. Amen? And and we need to continue on. God is the healer. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for vessels. So my prayer is that we would raise that level of expectation here this morning. In Jesus' name. You're here and you say, Pastor. I don't know the Lord. I don't know the Lord like you're talking about. You know, salvation to this lame man is a picture of us all, what happened as Jesus came to him. It's a picture of us all in our pre-salvation state. We're like lame beggars outside the temple, outside the church, begging. That's how the enemy wants us, keep us in that state. The man was lame from his mother's womb. He wasn't just a cripple through some misfortune. He was crippled from birth. The Bible says in Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. What does that tell us? That tells each and every one of us before Christ, we were unable to walk in God's ways for us. What were we? We were like this beggar, spiritual beggars. And it says that, We we just beg spiritually. It says that this man, he cried out. He cried out. He was sitting on the outside of the temple, the church. But Jesus did a miracle in his life and brought us in. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not right with God. Maybe you're watching by television or online or you're listening by CD. Jesus is here to change that beggar state of your life to bring you into a new creation life if you're willing and you believe he's here to come into your life let's pray together corporately as we conclude And, and for those of you that are watching and listening on television say to me, say, Father I repent I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin Jesus, save me fill me with your spirit give me the assurance of salvation today. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord is good. Amen, church. We'll continue on here, but I just want to invite the altar workers to come forward. And maybe you came here for something. Maybe it's something I touched on and you need hands laid upon you. We are here for you. These are safe people. These are prayed up people. These are godly people. They will anoint you with oil. They'll pray the prayer of agreement. And maybe, just, uh, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a circumstance, a situation with family. I just want to let you know we have people here for you. If you don't have to bolt out, let's conclude the service. Father, I just. Bless the people of God here today. Lord, I pray that we would raise the level of expectation in our hearts, Father God. That we would dare to believe you to do something out of the norm in our life. Lord, and we can look back and go, because of God, he did that. Lord, let's dare to believe you for healings. Let's dare to believe you for miracles. Let's dare to believe you for salvations. Let's dare to believe you for deliverance, restoration, and marriages, and and, and families. Healings in our community, Father God, our nation. Lord, this world, we dare to believe you. And we go forth here today with expectant hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, in all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a blessed week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.